Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. I mean, uh, uh, we're still riding that roller coaster, aren't we? It started basically back in March. There's up days, there's down days. Now, as we're getting down to crunch time, there's like good hours, bad hours, and it's uh, a constantly shifting world we're living in. Yeah, it's 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 been an interesting uh, twenty four to forty eight hours to say the least. And um, you know, the the did the Big Ten and the Pac twelve really have stepped on their own goobers? If you ask me, I mean, this has been just a complete cluster. And, and again, in my opinion. I feel like they are way jumping the gun on this. Um, the, my question is, and, and look, everybody knows what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is that uh, the Pac-12 and, and the Big Ten have decided to not have football this season. Um, the they're just not going to do it right. in the fall. But this, And that's the other thing. It's, it's so stupid to say we're going to do this in the spring. That's never going to happen. Ryan Day just came out a minute ago, the head coach of Ohio State, and said, hey, I'd love to start the first week in January. Oh, good, Ryan. Well, we'll just – yeah, that's what we'll do because you said so. No, that's stupid, and it's not going to work. So let's not do that. Um, but going back to this whole thing, <clears throat> I, I think the true colors have really come out of the conferences here. And while uh, – there are certainly some legitimate COVID concerns. There are concerns about every aspect of life. So I'm not, I don't want to go into that again. We've talked about that a million times in this podcast. But um, so my question is this. Last Thursday, I think, the Big Big Ten came out with their schedule. may have been Wednesday, may have been Thursday, may have been Friday. I, I'm not sure. Something happened between now and between then and Sunday when it started leaking that the Big Ten is not going to play. Um, that made them think, oh, God, what have we done? And the commissioner of the Big Ten said, well, the science just came out of so fast. Really? I mean, was somebody holding out some info on you guys? Because the science is telling me, yes, this COVID is is a problem. It's a real thing. I am not a COVID denier. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. This is a real thing. There is no doubt. But the science is also telling me that, okay, um, it seems like we are, yes, we still have new cases every day, but in Alabama, at least they declined as of this morning. um, And things seem to be getting a little better. Maybe the big 10 should have said the science came out as fast. And we decided instead of starting um, in early September, we're going to start when the SEC starts. That would have made a lot more sense. Um, But my question is what did happen? What the hell happened, Jimmy? Well, I think it's crunch time. That's what happened. It's crunch time. It's time to make decisions. That's what happened. That's one thing. I think the players threatening to unionize or saying they were going to form a union or an association, uh, I I think that probably didn't help uh, the situation in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. That's not something the presidents want to see happen. Uh, I am not a conspiracy theorist that says that's the reason they're not playing. No, I don't believe that's true. I I would just think that it might have been one of the many factors. Uh, I think presidents worry about liability a lot. And uh, the boards of trustees, they worry about liability a lot. I think 
those concerns are probably overstated um, to an extent. I think that's a, I think that's a, you know, it, you know, we, we can do a whole show on that. But while I agree there are liability issues and concerns, I think largely most of it's been addressed uh, by allowing players to opt out without penalty if they choose. And those that are, you know, choosing to play uh, uh, have assumed the risk. Um, that, that's the way I look at it as, as an attorney. But I do think there's a bunch of factors, and I think those, those are all factors. And, and I think the myo, myocarditis, I, I guess is how you pronounce it, uh, myocarditis, I think, is a factor. Um, there are studies that show uh, that, that, that uh, you know, it's concerning. The, the Big Ten claims that they have five athletes that developed myocarditis over the summer. Uh, and, and, you know, that's a concern. Um, I think when you add it all up, I, I get it. I'm not as critical about the Big Ten and the Pac-12 quitting. I'm not as critical because I get it. I just think it was the wrong decision um, based on where the science is and based on what could be done and what's in the best interest of the kids. I think it's wrong, but I get it. Uh, you know, I, I tend to be middle of the road best I can in these, <laughs> these things, and I, I'm not really in the camp that, you know, wants to be an extremist and shut everything down and everybody shelter in place until there's a vaccine in 2021. I, I'm not that guy. Uh, I'm also not a, this is nothing and we should stop worrying about it because it's just the cold or the flu. I'm definitely not that guy either because, you know, I can read and 160,000 Americans are dead. I mean, this is a big, big thing and we need to be careful. But I think the plans in place that the SEC and Alabama put in place, I think they address the concerns and have made it as safe as it possibly can be and that the risk to the players is very, very, very small. Uh, there is risk to the adults, older adults that are around the game, but I am really sure that if you have a pre-existing condition and you're a staff member and you went to the athletic director and said, look, I'm, I'm scared to death. COVID could kill me based on this condition I have. I'm guessing every athletic director in the country is going to come up with a solution for that person to say, okay, well, we're going to keep paying you, but you don't have to come to work or you can work in bubble wrap or you can work remotely or you can go home and we'll protect your job and you can come back next year. I mean, I, I just, I, I assume maybe I'm, I'm, I'm dumb for assuming, but I'm assuming that older people with issues that could make COVID very dangerous for them. I, I'm assuming accommodations are being made for them. Um, but that being said, I, I, I'm against what the Big Ten and Pac-12 have done. I think it's the wrong decision. I'm just not super critical in the sense that, I mean, I get it. I, I, I get it for all the factors that they've publicly stated. Yeah, something else you should get is Built Bar. Built Bar back on board with Locked On Bama and Locked On Network. I'm Go excited. Check out. Yeah, they I hope are. We get there. more samples. I yeah, hope we get more samples because they're damn good. That, they are damn good. Go check out their website. It's it's got. I went and checked it out just before the the show because um, we had obviously done Built Bar before, and I was like, okay, what have they done differently since last time we did something with them? Well, they're kind of working on the website right now, but they do have a cool video with some really funky music involved, and I dig it. Uh, and Built Bar is absolutely delicious. Look, all these protein bars, there are a gazillion protein bars out there. I, I've had all of them because I, I have an eating disorder. 
I disorder in that order. And um, and uh, Bill Bar, honest to God, I'm not saying this because they're our sponsor. All that doesn't hurt. That they're the most delicious. It really is delicious. It's good for you. It's better for you than some of those other ones that are out there that are just, you know, mass marketed and whatever and just put in your face. Go check out Built Bar, builtbar.com, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Go check them out today. All right, Jimmy, um, let's continue on this because this is this is the topic. This is the thing. Here's what, let me throw this out there, and I've said this multiple times. I, while I, I, I get what you're saying, that you get it, that um, that you understand where the Big 12, or excuse me, Big 10 and the, and the Pac-12 are coming from, um, in canceling their football seasons. I, I'm going to counter that by saying, number one, the health and safety concerns, that's, that's, that's BS. That's total BS. That's, that's just BS. Um, that I think they were more worried about the unionization. I really do. And I don't think there's any coincidence that the two conferences that had players talking about, even in the case of the Big Ten, just moderately talking about some kind of unionization or representation, those are the two that canceled. I don't think there's any coincidence there. I think that is that is a direct correlation. Also, if you're really worried about the health and safety, then why not play? Because I think it's safer for the players to be on campus. And I don't think I'm alone. I think that it is definitely – uh, better for the players to be on, on campus um, and to be around the best medical care they can possibly have, uh, that they'll never have better medical care unless they actually become doctors or they go to the NFL. And they will they will have the best of everything, the best tutors, the best food. Uh, the, the, they'll be sanitation stations all over the place. Meanwhile, if they go home and some of these folks, I mean, let's call a spade a spade here. Some of these players come from incredibly uh, bad home lives. And so if they go home, things could get ugly quickly. And they have little control about who uh, they are around in terms of where have those people been. But if you're on the football team, you can bet your bottom dollar, as organized as Nick Saban is, he's going to know who you contacted and who they contacted and who they contacted. So I think that that's also um, – just a, a, a terrible argument. And also, here's the other thing, Jimmy. The players want to play. And I'm not talking about players like, you know, the long snapper from Michigan State. I'm talking about Najee Harris and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields tweeting out, hey, guys, look, uh, we get what y'all are saying, that y'all are looking out for our best interest. We get that. But we want to play. And we're 18 to 22-year-old guys that are most of us, all of us are old enough to vote. Most of us are old enough to drink, but you're telling me that we can't go out there and play a sport, which is inherently dangerous to begin with. And the straw that broke the camel's back is COVID, which doesn't, which has a, a, a really a very small, minuscule effect on kids our age. And the counter to that is, well, what about the lineman from Indiana? Yeah, I, I think that sucks. I'm not I I think some guys will probably contract this disease. But did the guy from Indiana contract the disease playing football or did he did he right. just get the disease from somewhere else? Um so again, I, I just I, and the bigger question I have is why now? Why cancel right, right. now? Wait two weeks and see if something good happens. 
Yeah, I thought it was premature. And again, I, I disagree with the decision. I, I, I think they made the wrong decision. I'm just saying that I'm not in the camp that thinks uh, that they were without cause and complete ludicrous that they would cancel because so many have canceled and so many things have canceled and there's not concerts. <laughs> and it's so reasonable that there's not concerts and, uh, and, and, and fans gathering in large numbers at sporting events. That's not, that's not happening. So all, all that's happening for a reason. And, and, and I think the Big Ten and the uh, Pac-12 have similar reasons. But, but why I think they're wrong is these, these kids are going to be subjected to COVID no matter what we do. Whether they're playing football games or not, they're subjected to COVID uh, on their campuses and their homes, anywhere they go. It's not a bubble sport. They're not in a bubble. So they're subjected to COVID. And I don't see why playing football uh, is going to worsen uh, what their, you know, worsen their, their odds of getting COVID uh, when the football team is, is being tested, you know, twice a week, um, spending thousands of dollars each week on safety. And when, when you don't play football, then you don't get all those, those precautions uh, further where they screwed up. I mean, to me, I mean, the big 10 is saying, Oh, y'all can keep on practicing. I mean, you just said football's dangerous. You just said football's dangerous. <laughs> and now you're saying it's okay to practice. So your players can hit your players. They just can't hit other players from other teams, even though they're hitting each other. That, that just, and, and as far as the myocarditis issue, I mean, I would love to be an NFL reporter today that somehow gets Goodell on the phone in an interview and asks Roger Goodell, hey, the Pac-12 isn't playing football because they say myocarditis is a huge issue and they're, they're shutting it down. So why aren't y'all shutting down? I, I want to I hear Goodell's answer to that. Not because I think the NFL should shut down. It's just that I think the NFL is just as aware or more aware of all the medicine and the science. They didn't shut down. They're playing football. And, and this crap I read every day, well, those are adults and pros. Well, college-aged kids are adults under every definition in the United States. B, they are compensated. They aren't compensated to the point that it makes a lot of people happy, but they are compensated in not just scholarships, but food, medicine, training, cash. They all get cash every month. They do. People somehow have just forgotten that, but they do from multiple sources, by the way. And, and I'm talking about legal sources to say nothing of, of the occasional illegal source, because you know that happens, but I'm just saying legally, they get cash from the athletic department, from the university and from grants and probably their families. So, you know, no, no, no one's playing football at a power five school and, and is homeless. They're, they're doing pretty well. Uh, and everyone's given an opt out. You don't have to play. You can opt out and not lose a thing. And uh, very few have opted out. When you consider it, very few have opted out, uh, which is an indication that the players want to play. And a lot of players have been very vocal about that. So the good news is at some point, Luke, at some point, uh, and, and let's, let's aim for next week. At some point, can't we just talk about the football? At some point, I mean, when do we get to talk about the football and not whether we're going to play or not? Yeah, you're right. And I, I, I really I, look, I think you're right. I want to talk about the football, but I want to do that next week. I kind of want to bitch today um, because <laughs> um, 
I'm looking at the Big 12, the Big 10, and, and I said this earlier and I didn't um, elaborate. I said that this really showed the true character of the Pac-12 and the Big 10 to me. The Big 10 thought they were, they swung uh, Thor's hammer and that they could just walk around and say, well, we're not playing, so surely you little heathens down there in the South won't be playing. And you know what? Everybody's like, I, y'all, y'all go ahead. Um, and it, it reminded me of John Belushi when he was giving his big Germans bomb Pearl Harbor speech in Animal House. He's like, who's with me? And he runs out and like nobody follows him. And then he comes back in and he's like, um, what the hell was that? And and then the Pac-12, though, in true Pac-12 fashion, just they caved immediately. They just totally caved and they just they canceled everything. I'm surprised they just hadn't called off the whole shooting match just said we're cutting off the lights and we're not turning them back on until January and hope to God this thing's over. Um, but they, they're not going to do basketball. They're not going to do shit. And uh, you know, you can talk about how they're being much safer, but that's not really, that's again, that's not really what it is because these kids are safer um, on campus uh, in the football, in the confines of the football program. Um, but also I think the SEC, and I'm proud of the Big 12, real proud of the Big 12, because they took a stand. They could have caved too, but they didn't. And now I think there's some momentum for these three conferences. And what a golden opportunity for the Big 12, because when you think about how the conferences line up, it's the SEC one and the Big 10 is probably right behind them. And then the ACC, there's a gap, and then there's the ACC. And then probably another little gap in the Big Big 12. And then a huge gap in the Pac-12. Well, the Pac-12 has fallen off the cliff now, and nobody seems to give a shit. But the Big 12 has a chance, has a real chance to move way up the perception ladder. And this can be a huge pop boost for them. And this could be something that actually leads to Texas really coming back. Like, Texas could be important again. And um, I think that uh, if, if they go through with this, and I'm like you, you said this months ago. That if we have a season and if it's uh, if it's only 10 games or so many conferences leave or whatever, don't put an asterisk by this thing. And I'm going to say that again because that's that's something that one of the Big Ten guys said, maybe or, or a pro Big Ten guy said, well, we got to if, – if, if they do – if the SEC, Big 12, and ACC do go through with this, it'll be an asterisk. Bullshit. No. Nobody made y'all bow out. We went ahead and played. <laughs> And the other thing that you said, and, I'm, and then I'll let you – actually, I'm going to say this one more thing. We're going to take a break, and then I'll let you rant all you want. But uh, the other thing you said about practice, you know, what if what if you were in Vegas and they said, all right, here's the deal. Now, you can play the jet, the uh, slot machines all you want to, but you can't win. You won't win. Now, they tell me that kind of anyway. But the, I'm saying, what if you said you can feed as much money in there as you want to, practice all you want to, but you can't win. You know, um, yes. it's that's bullshit. If I were I, just I would be fear, if I was a players, I would be furious about. It. And now you have to like they're making us practice. Why? I'd be mad if I was a players about that. All right, Jimmy. When we come back, I want to. I'm the floor is all yours, my friend. So, Jimmy, I give you the floor. <laughs> yeah, no asterisk for me. And, and and look, you know, is it? less competitive because you don't have the Ohio States and the Oregons around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's fewer teams. I mean, if the, if the NFL went from 
from 32 teams down to, to 24. Maybe it's easier to win the Super Bowl at that point, right? Well, you still have to, you still have to beat a lot of good teams. And, and let's remember this, between the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12, j just those conferences, you're talking about what, 40 teams? Uh, 14 plus 14 plus 10, so 38. Uh, and, and, and there's American athletics playing, some belts playing, uh, you know, a couple of independents might play. So, you know, you get up to over 50 teams, but let's just say there's 38, 40 power five teams playing. I mean, that's, that's a substantial league. And if you give me this crap about, yeah, but they're not Alabama. I mean, who's Alabama competing with? Everybody. Alabama competes with everybody because everyone else, I mean, just pick a crappy power five team, Kansas, okay? Kansas is terrible. They have a, a coach that's won a national championship. They have a highly paid staff. Kansas football probably has a budget of 50 or 60 million a year. They're spending 50 or 60 million dollars to win games. Don't just because Alabama can beat Kansas 63 to nothing, don't tell me that it's it's not a thing to beat Kansas. They're spending tens of millions of dollars to try and win. And when you beat them, you have accomplished something. Kansas isn't trying to lose, they're trying to win. And they also have some pretty good athletes on that team. So uh, no, no, no asterisk, uh, you know, whoever wins this national championship will have deserved it. Just like whoever wins the world series in a 60 game schedule, you got to beat all the other teams who are spending millions of dollars trying to win. So no asterisk because the teams that are playing are trying to win and they're spending a lot of money doing it. So I, I think the asterisk talk is silly. And I assure you, I would say the exact same thing if the sec had opted out and everyone else was playing. I, I would not be the person saying, oh, if you don't beat Alabama, it doesn't count. That, no, yep. no, if Alabama chose not to play, then Alabama becomes irrelevant. Yeah, was it what was it, the 84 Olympics when the Russians didn't show up? You think uh, the Americans are like, eh, that gold medal's a little tarnished. Bullshit. I was wearing <laughs> that son of a bitch out to dinner every night. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I just don't get the <laughs> – the rush to make right. this happen. And and I'm I'm not pissed because I'm such a Big Ten guy. I'm pissed because I'm a college football guy. But I now I am going to switch gears and try and be a little more positive and say that, look, hey, their loss is, is everybody else's gain. And if the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 can withstand some minority but very vocal bad PR, uh, in terms of, well, you just don't care about the kids. If they can just don't try and justify any of this shit with any crap about, you know, well, we just let let some of this die down. And if as as long as there nothing catastrophic happens, like, look, Jimmy, you and I could be wrong. There is a scintilla of a chance that we're wrong. And once you play football, everybody gets COVID. <laughs> I mean, people who be. didn't play football get it. There is a chance. <laughs> but again. I, I called into a sports call show. It's actually called Sports Call uh, the other day, and the hosts were like, "Yeah, I think the Big Ten's doing the right thing. I, th I think this is the only way to go." And I called and said, "What the heck, guys? I mean, number one, why now?" And they said, "What do you want to do? Wait till everybody dies?" I said, first of all, 
Everybody's not dying. There have been some deaths, and the average age has got to be over 70 of those deaths. Not that people over 70 don't matter, but that's important when uh, putting it against what we're talking about. Secondly, I said, did you drive over to the TV station or to the radio station? And he was like, yeah. And I said, you took a chance. You you had a 0% chance of dying in a car wreck if you stayed home. But you had a very small chance of dying in a car wreck driving to the station. I don't care if it's one mile from your house. And again, maybe it's not all apples to apples, but uh, I'm, 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 I'm just so fed up with this. And I'm going to go back to how the SEC can benefit. If they can withstand all this, if they can withstand any of this bad PR, which they will surely get from some jackasses out there. Darren Rovell has been very vocal about, uh, you know, all those hillbillies, blah, blah, blah. But um, if they can withstand that and things go off pretty well, man, those three conferences are going to come out smiling like a rose. And the SEC will come out as the unquestioned leader of all this. There's no doubt in my mind. And secondly, look, Ohio State's already had one decommitment. And I can't pronounce his name, Tumitsi Ademile, whatever. And he's a bad guy. <laughs> Is that right? It's, uh, I have no idea how to say his name. Well, then don't laugh at me <laughs> if you don't know the answer, jackass. <laughs> I'm laughing um, because I'm like, I can't believe you had the uh, the stones to try that. I'm not even going to try saying his name. I don't know how to say it. I just know he's a good player. He, he is good. He's he's a good player. He's not all. He's good. He's really good. I tell you who he is. To me, I watch the tape and I'm like, man, this guy's really good. But to me, he is like a spitting image of a kid we're likely to get August fifteenth. He's he's Monkel Goodwine. I mean, he's him and Monkel are extremely similar prospects to me. Well, so Ohio State lost his commitment. Alabama may very well get it. Um, and then I would have to suspect that some of the, there's already an article out there by NFL Draft Wire or something like that about the top five players who should transfer from the Pac-12 to other schools. And it's, I mean, look, it's its probably going to be a very real thing that happens. And so, man. It'll definitely happen. Where, where I think people go wrong, and, and people just get excited. They get excited. But where people are like, oh, Justin Fields ought to go to Florida or Vanderbilt. And, ooh, imagine Panay Sewell at Alabama or Tennessee. Those players aren't going to transfer. <laughs> They're just going to declare for the draft. And, 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 and get an agent and get paid and then work out and train for the draft. They're not going to risk injury. They don't need, they don't need to play. The, the, the guys like that, Sean Wade at Ohio State, they don't need to play. They're in the first round of the draft. There's no reason for them to have to find a place to play. I think the more likely transfers that we see are the kids right below that level and there has to be available scholarships. Alabama doesn't have any. For, for Alabama to take a transfer that would be immediately eligible, Alabama's going to have to run off kids. That's not something we normally do, and I don't think we're going to start now. Now, where I think we're going to benefit is from recruiting in terms of, like, it's going to be a little easier to recruit against Ohio State and, and, and the Pac-12 schools in California. It'd be easier for SEC schools to sign California kids uh, because of all this. And, and I think that's where the real benefit to Alabama is going to come. And that's down the road. Yeah. And Hey, but I'll take that benefit because you know, Ohio state is a recruiting juggernaut and so are we. And if we can knock off that juggernaut from its perch just a little bit, I mean, it certainly helps Alabama. So, um, 
But, you know, you did bring up Monkel Goodwine. We will talk about him on our podcast for Friday. We'll talk about uh, his upcoming commitment. And also, uh, is it Kyrie Jackson that will be committing defense, junior college defensive back? He'll be committing on the same day, and hopefully both of them beat Alabama. How about this tantalizing nugget? As good as our class is with those offensive line freaks and, 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 and you know, Dallas, uh, you know, from, uh, from Miami, and, I mean, our class is unbelievable, right? In terms of pure talent, I would tell you Kyrie Jackson it would be the best kid committed to us in terms of pure talent. I think so. Like pure athletic talent, Kyrie Jackson better than Brockermeyer, Latham, Dallas Turner, all of them. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's what that's, I believe. That's high praise, baby. Mm-hmm. Dude can play, man. Um, all right, Jimmy. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks so much, everybody. Want to thank, obviously, Built Bar and Rock Auto, two of the best in the business. Go check them out. And Jimmy, when we come back Friday, we're talking all positivity all day long, baby. We're going to be like a motivational oh speaker. Hopefully. Who's that Who's that giant motivational speaker that looks like uh, Jaws from the James Bond movies? Oh, yeah. What's his Steven name? Steven Stevens. Tony Stevens. Tony, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. That's it. God, I hadn't thought of that guy in years. Yeah, Tony Robbins. That's it. We're going to be modern-day Tony Robbins. All right, buddy. Roll tide. Roll tide.